Welcome to the NAFSA International Educator Podcast, the official voice of International Educator Magazine, brought to you by NAFSA, Association for International Educators. Hello, I'm Meredith Bell, Editor of Digital Content for NAFSA. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I talk to Ravi Shankar, President and Chair of NAFSA's Board of Directors, who's ending his term as President at the end of 2020. Shankar, who is Assistant Vice Provost and Director of International Services at the University of Rochester, shared his reflections on 2020, his thoughts about what's on the horizon for international education and NAFSA, 2021 and beyond. We also discussed NAFSA's new strategic plan, which was approved by the Board of Directors earlier this month and will guide the organization's work for the next three years. Thanks for joining us today, Ravi. Well, it's been an unprecedented year to say the least. How are you feeling? And can you tell us what's been the hardest or most challenging part about this year for you? So, you know, I, I think it's been, um, I think as you know, I, I think it's been undoubtedly one of the most, you know, been a tough, um, tough nine months, you know, challenging nine months. But I think um, with, with the election as well as, you know, the vaccine announcement, I think, you know, I'm feeling very, you know, optimistic and and you know and, and to me you know I'm optimist by nature so you know so I will see this as as an opportunity for us to I think think differently um, I think be imaginative and reimagine question and really I think you know think ahead of you know what what would what would the world look like you know post post pandemic. So I'm I'm feeling very good and very op- and very optimistic about uh, about what lays ahead for us. What's made you feel inspired or most hopeful during this time? There is an Italian philosopher whose name is Umberto Eco, uh, mm-hmm. CEO is the last name, and he's got this. So he he has this statement that says, "For every and I wrote it down. So for every fear thing, there's an opposing hope." that encourages us. Mm. And I thought that was a perfect, um, I think, uh, statement, I think, for our times that we live in. You know, we are so Mm. fearful of COVID-19, so fearful of, you know, um, uh, the human interaction that that is quite quintessential to to us as human beings. Um, And we've, you know, um, we've been afraid. And so I think I thought that that was perfect I think framing a framework to sort of go by. So that's what I've been living by, you know, for the last few months, ever since I read that quote. So, yeah, and, you know, and that kind of framed, um, I think, everything that we've done. And I think, you know, with not only within, you know, within the, my office and the institution here at the University of Rochester, but I think also, I think how, uh, as an association and now, you know, with NAFSA, in terms of how we've dealt with this with this crisis and with the challenge, right? Because, you know, we quite often, and, and this I think will go back to the, our discussion on the strategic plan, because, you know, it was a question of, you know, what, you know, what makes sense for us to rise to the challenges uh, that COVID-19, you know, poses for us. And so um, I think, you know, not only the, um, the, the COVID-19 crisis, but I think what has really, I think, been a very significant, you know, impact on me is the way I think people have responded, not only this, 
my staff in the office, but I think also generally, I think in the institution, I think also, um, I think within the association, you know, the NAFSA staff and how, how I think this is really, I think, has forced us to, to kind of, you know, put aside the, our very basic need of human interaction because we're in a virtual environment and what do we make and how do we make the best out of the situation, right? I mean, it would have been very easy for us to sort of go down this, you know, rabbit hole, dark hole, and sort of not come out of it at all. But that doesn't serve our, our, our you know, um, our, our students and scholars. You know, it doesn't serve the members, member leaders, you know, talking from the social level. Um, because I think they're looking to us, you know, as, as leaders, you know, for that sort of hope. And so, yeah, and, and it's, been, it's been great to see the resilience, I think, in, in people. In a field that's so much about connection, the struggle is to redefine that in a time when we're denied our usual ways of connection. What has that looked like from your perspective? I put it as, you know, a contextual reimagination, reimagining of, you know, how we, you know, how we approach it and how we ultimately sort of deal with this. And I'll tell you what, though, I think, you know, as much as I think technology has its um, uh, use and its limitations, but I think one of the, one of the things that technology has done, well, two things. One is it's kind of really exposed our vulnerabilities, right? And also, you know, also exposed um, how uh, exclusive it is, you know, in society. But at the same time, I think it has also given us, I think, the power and the opportunity to be, you know, to be in a very uh, different learning environment. So a good example is, you know, um, I have attended more lectures, you know, that the university puts on this year than I ever would, you know, in, in ordinary circumstances, because once I come home, I wouldn't want to go back to campus at seven o'clock in the evening, right? Right. So I think it has it has generated a completely new, I think, track of learning and I think and opportunities to learn. So yeah. So this theme of access to education is one we've seen emerge in conversations about the short-term effects of COVID-19. Pandemic and subsequent pivot to virtual or hybrid learning models has exacerbated access issues for some while increasing access for others. What are some of the other considerations in assessing the pandemic's long-term effects on international education as we go into 2021? I think in the short term, uh, in the short run, and I think really de- depends on, I think a lot of different variables, right, in terms of how quickly the new administration can ramp up, um, you know, uh, the State Department and how quickly they can actually start, you know, doing issuing visas and how, and how quickly and what would the message be, you know, to the world in general? Um, are we, you know, are we open for business? And are we going to be a welcoming country again? Uh, and a welcoming people, right? So, um, and I think in the short run, I think you will see, um, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be, you know, undoubtedly declines in international student enrollment. Um, I think we have to kind of figure this, you know, um, so, you know go sort that out. And um, I think more importantly, I think in the long run, what is the message that we're sending as a country to everyone? And how do and how will institutions respond to the short-term financial, um, um, I think, impact? Are we then going to go back to, you know, are we going to think differently about commodifying, you know, uh, international education? 
because there's you know sustainability issues, there's access issues. I think as you mentioned, uh, there's inclusive and there's equity issues. So this will force us to think about partnerships differently in how we do education abroad. You know how we educate international students. Uh, I think this this is an exciting. I think um, I think in the next exciting two or three years, that I think as we settle down post COVID and post Trump, um, uh, you know, era, um, as to uh, you know as to how sort of things you know fall into place, and uh, and I think we can quite kind of talk. I think we'll talk more about. What what are, you know what what are our expectations from the Biden administration? But I think one mm-hmm. of the big things would be that there's an absolute tonal shift in our messaging. What we don't know is you know what are some of the tertiary and secondary effects mm-hmm. you know of of this. Right? We it's still not very clear. Um, but but at least we know that one of the big uh, big um, I think impacts would be financial. Um, you know uh, related to enrollment. Um, I think also then related to you know um, uh, you know can we keep sending uh, you know students abroad uh, the same way that we've been doing now or it will be a sort of would it be a hybrid a combination of different things so yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how things kind of shape come together so yeah related to how organizations and institutions will respond to these changes let's talk about NAFSA's strategic plan which is revised every three years including in 2020. Given that it's been such an eventful year in the field, how did the events of 2020 in our current context inform the revision of the strategic plan? So uh, I think a couple of things. One is, I, I think at the outset, uh, I think as we were looking at the strategic plan, because I, I think by the time I think we sort of approach, you know, we thought about this, you know, the um, as we approached the the refresh, I think we were already in the midst of, um, I think, COVID, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is in, in uh, I think this is soon after the, Mar- the March board meetings or April, May. And I think we already knew what we were up against. And so um, so I think in sort of the process of this, in, I think, uh, as you may be aware that, you know, we formed a strategic planning working group that's comprised of board members as well as NASA uh, senior staff. Uh, including, uh, you know, Esther Bremer. So the board, in its uh, refresh, always, um, I think, um, does a survey of the board members asking for their input in terms of how they see the field of international education, uh, you know, in the in the short term, near term, and the long term. Long term being anywhere between ten to twenty five years. And um, and I think you know while it's kind of very hard to predict what's going to happen in twenty five years, right? I mean, the, who knows? But I think the general consensus uh, seemed to be all around you know the fact you know the financial health of the the association, declining enrollment, you know the um, the out you know the um, the status of the United States you know from a global perspective, what was going to happen you know for you know sustainability issues. What would happen for you know from from a social justice point of view? Because given the fact that I think we were in the midst of you know a massive social you know uh, and racial um, movement. What are some of the elements that stayed the same, and what did the board feel was necessary to add or amend? One of the things that was very clear to us is that the uh, the preamble and the, or the fundamental tenets of NASA's mission, vision, and values. Uh, and you know who we are and why we do things. I think we're fundamentally strong and sound. 
but we but it needed some you know um, clarification it needed um, you know for us to really I think um, incorporate and and the um, the times that we're bringing in in terms of uh, you know we had mentioned you know it was always diversity and inclusion was always there but I think one one of the pieces that were missing was equity you know in terms of how we do things um, and also you know the issue of uh, social justice you know those are some of the gaps that I think was easily identified not only by the working group but by the board survey as well as I think the um, the competitive scan uh, that NAFSA you know did in comparison to other associations who are in the same space as us. The past, the previous strategic plans, I think were very, very detailed, very thorough, um, and and perhaps, in a, and I probably would use the word dense, um, because, you know, you have seven goals, um, and, you know, and each one of those seven goals had, you know, at least five to six, or even perhaps seven subsets sub-goals, you know, within the goals. One of the things with um, that the working group uh, felt was that it was too cumbersome. And uh, and if you were to go out and ask any member or member leader, you know, tell me what goal seven says, I or goal six says, nobody would be able to do that unless, you know, you had to go back and, and look at the strategic plan. So we wanted more flexibility, more creativity, uh, and the largest, you know, and, you know, of the strategic plan uh, to encompass a whole lot of different things that I think was not very evident in the in the old strategic plan. So I think the idea was to really, I think, take a look at it and really say, so what does NAFSA actually do, right? So that's how we arrived at: we educate, we advocate, and we innovate. Very succinct, you know, very clear. Very precise, and um, and it allowed for a, you know as I said a great a great deal of flexibility for commu- for knowledge communities and committees to really work off of um, uh, I think those um, those broad goals. How do the goals of educate, advocate, and innovate translate into the work members do? In consultation with the knowledge communities and the committees, it was very apparent that one of the things that were missing from all of this is because NASA's central role in connection, in connecting people, right? That's what we do, and we convene and we connect. And so based on that input, we said, well, yes, of course, that is the biggest piece that's missing. So hence what you see a Venn diagram, you'll see that is the central theme. Now, convenes, connects to advocate and to innovate. Yeah, so I think it was, um, there was a great deal of, you know, discussion around the issue of innovate. You know, what does that really mean? But I, I think I, I think we now arrived, uh, I think, at a plan. Those three major goals of educate, advocate, innovate, I think, are, are go, um, perhaps are going to be enduring as, as, as the mission, vision and values are enduring in that sense. But it also gives us, I think the goals gives us the flexibility, I think, to, uh, to really incorporate a whole broad, of, you know, a whole host of things that I think uh, may come in the, in, in the years to come. Given that advocacy is one of the focus points of the new plan, as it was in previous plans, curious about your thoughts on the new presidential administration. We know NASA's policy priorities, but can you share with us your thoughts as an international educator about what you most hope to see from the Biden administration and the new Congress? Is it more about a broad tonal shift or specific policies? 
I think it's, I think it has to be a very broad tonal shift, um, along with I think some very specific policy uh, measures that that need to happen, whether it's through legislation or through um, I think um, executive orders. And and I think one of them, of course, is that I think finally I, it, it's time for us um, to um, uh, I think for the U.S. to have a national edu- international education policy that is you know, um, that is front and center of, um, I think, of the tonal shift that I think we were talking about earlier. And I think if you, if you are to maintain our sort of, our fast, fast eroding edge on research um, and, and, and teaching, this has to happen. And I quite like, I think, the policy proposal that NASA has, has um, floated about identifying an office that, is, that coordinates international education you know, uh, for the administration. Right. And I think that is important. And then of course, um, depending upon what happens with the Senate race, um, I think if we can find an immigration bill that is, um, I think as the um, as the strategic plan says, that is fair and transparent. That is, I think that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking, and plus I think above all else, I'm looking for a certain period of calmness. <laughs> <laughs> Not expecting an executive order or a proclamation that throws our lives, you know, in upside down and topsy turvy, and you know, right. not only I think as as you know practitioners and uh, and or as uh, SIOs in the field, but I think um, and or I think as professionals in the field, but I think for our students, students and scholars, I think it is. I think they are they have gone through this, you know, um, this turbulence with us, and they are, you know as deeply, if not more, impacted by all of this. That's definitely been a lesson, obviously beyond international education, but one lesson of the last few years has been about the value of stability and consistency. Outside of policy and government, what else do you think is on the horizon for 2021? What are you looking for generally? Looking forward to, feeling trepidation about? I'm, I, you know, as I think as I said, I'm hoping, um, you know, I'm hoping, um, I'm waiting for things to settle down. I'm hoping for, um, I think, for the new administration to really, I think, ramp up, put us on a steady course of, you know, of, uh, of, uh, of expectations, of, of, of reasonable and rational you know, policies, you know, that makes absolute sense. And, and above all, I think I'm hoping for, um, you know, students um, and scholars start coming back. It not only impacts, I think, um, educational institutions, um, I think also impacts organizations and associations that, you know, that deal with uh, the mobility right, of, of students. Uh, and, and I think I'm also looking forward to, you know, how do we define internationalization um, differently? Because I think, you know, when you say internationalization, we always think about mobility, right? But it goes goes beyond mobility. So I'm looking forward to looking forward for NASA's leadership, um, you know, on on sort of helping uh, sort of redefine internationalization and what does that really mean beyond just mobility? Yeah, and it may continue to um, to be limited in sphere of you know if you know in, in academia, in sphere of curriculum, you know, in sphere of partnerships, and you know how do we conduct research differently uh, using technology or, or other things. And so I think there's a great deal of opportunity for us to kind of redefine internationalization, or I should say comprehensive internationalization, because that is, 
That is the term that we use, right? So you're wrapping up your term here as NAFSA president. I'm curious about what's next for you. You plan to continue being involved with NAFSA or do you want to take a break? Personally or professionally, what are you looking forward to? I don't think I can stay away. And even if I can stay away, I don't think, um, I, you know, I think, I think I'll be reeled in. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that I, you know, take um, this, you know, this next year off, really focus on, um, on, on the work here at University of Rochester, because I, I just came a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, and the moment, you know, I'd not been here for like three or four months when COVID hit. So wow. it's just been uh, it's just been crisis uh, management for the last nine, you know uh, nine to ten months. So I'm hoping that I you know that I you know I'd be so I, I you know well I have to I should say not hoping I have to spend more you know more time uh, focusing on on the on on the work and doing those kinds of things. But NAFSA is um, I think I shared this with, with the board last week. There's an Indian author called Amitabh Ghosh. Um, who uses the term NASA is like an alibi for life, for my life, I should say. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I, I would do anything for the association. So let's just kind of put it that way. Any amount of recognition that, that we can give NASA and, and its staff uh, and the members and the member leaders in particular, um, I think is not sufficient because I think the work that NAFSA and that the NAFSA staff does, you know, well, we couldn't, we can, I think, and none of us would be able to do our jobs without staff. So I really would, would say that I think it is a recognition that I think we, you know, we should give and continue to give and I think continue to emphasize. Um, and, and lastly, I think, you know, it's, it's, the, it's all the professionals out in the field who day in, day out, I think, um, you know, despite whatever is going on in their own lives, are so dedicated and committed to the field and to our students and scholars. So I think it's just, um, it's just remarkable. Thanks for listening to the International Educator Podcast. We'll be back next month with another story for you. In the meantime, read the latest issue of International Educator at nafsa.org slash IE and learn more about NAFSA's new strategic plan by visiting nafsa.org slash strategic plan. As always, feel free to share your ideas, questions, and other feedback with the editors by emailing editor at nafsa.org. Thank you for joining us for this edition of NAFSA International Educator Podcast. Please visit nafsa.org to read more from International Educator Magazine and to join us as a member of NAFSA. Together we can make a better world.